The question we get most often here at TFRC uh, or at Twin Falls Reformed Church is, what does Reformed mean? Uh, the short answer is Reformed is our theology. 500 years ago, something called the Reformation happened, a major event in human history uh, where some of our bedrock, bedrock beliefs of the Christian faith were reaffirmed. Um, bedrock, what we've been saying in this series is what we believe matters. And one sentence that summarizes the bedrock of our faith here at TFRC is Scripture alone teaches that salvation comes from Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, to the glory of God alone. Scripture alone, Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone, to the glory of God alone. These are called the five solas. Sola meaning alone or only. Scripture alone is the final authority of our faith. Christ alone is the one who saves us. Grace alone, salvation is a gift, not something we earn. Faith alone. Faith in Jesus is the means of our salvation. Uh, if you have your Bibles handy, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Um, and we're going to look at the last sola, glory for, to the glory of God alone. And just like on the bumper video, if you take these five solas out of our faith, while our faith collapses, the point of the series is to reconnect with the essence of our faith. From the beginning, followers of Jesus have died for what they believed. And to this day, followers of Jesus continue to be killed for what they believe about Jesus. What we believe matters. Um, our scripture reader this morning is Dave Harvey. Dave, if you can make your way on up to the podium. As he does, I'm going to ask if you're able to please stand and face the center of the room. We stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Dave, whenever you are ready, please read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dave, thank you very much. You may be seated. To the glory of God alone, that's the fifth sola. And I'll be honest, um, to the glory of God alone, that is a statement that I have struggled with. Because everything about our faith, everything about our salvation is for the glory of God alone? Doesn't that make God sound kind of self-centered? 
ultimately, Jesus didn't die for our salvation, but for God's glory. So it's all about God showing off. Um, the most important thing is that God gets all the credit. Um, our salvation is for the glory of God, but not for our eternal well-being. And again, I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying it's something that I've wrestled with over the years and have struggled with. It just sounds, um, uh, it sounds counterintuitive to me. Uh, but this past week, um, I saw a commercial that got me thinking. Now, I know, nobody watches commercials anymore. I realize that dates me. Between streaming and DVR, you really don't have to watch commercials. But I happened to catch this one commercial, and it got me thinking about the phenomenon of teenage heartthrobs, okay? Uh, young men who all the girls go crazy about, which I don't know what that's like at all. Every generation has teenage heartthrobs, whether it's Tom Holland or Liam Hemsworth or Harry Styles or, or Freddie Prince Jr. or Zac Efron um, or Luke Perry or Justin Timberlake or Tom Cruise or Rob Lowe or David Cassidy, I'm going way back, or Davy Jones or John Travolta or the Beatles or Elvis, every generation has teenage heartthrobs. And this commercial I saw had an old teenage heartthrob in it, John Travolta. Um, I was in preschool, uh, maybe early elementary school when he was a big deal. John Travolta was a big deal when he was the, teen, the teenage heartthrob. Um, go, yeah, see, there are pictures of him. Look at how cute he was. He's just so adorable. He just melt over the guy. He was in the made-for-TV movie, Boy in the Bubble. Don't know if you remember. You got to be pretty old to remember that. Um, or Welcome Back, Cotter, the TV series. Or the movies he was in, Saturday Night Fever. I love the one with him with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. That's just great. Um, not, I'm not promoting smoking. I just think that's, that really dates itself. Um, uh, or Grease or Urban Cowboy. Again, he was the teenage heartthrob. And the commercial I saw reminded me that nothing lasts forever because John Travolta was in the commercial I saw the other day and here is your 1970s teenage heartthrob today go ahead and put that picture up there he is yeah yeah okay he has gone from teenage heartthrob to Santa Claus to Santa Claus now I'm not slamming him I actually really enjoy him as an actor but nothing lasts forever Ecclesiastes 1 says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. In other words, don't worry about today's teenage heartthrob because he will soon be replaced and the next generation will not remember him. And that's not just true about teenage heartthrobs, it's true about everything. No one remembers the former generations and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Generations come and generations go. God's glory is the only thing that lasts. God's glory is the only thing 
that lasts. And God's glory can be seen in a lot of ways. Um, God's glory can be seen in creation. You've all experienced this. God's glory seen in the mountains, rivers, oceans, sunsets, wildlife and its natural habitat. You've all seen it. Uh, a group of us did a day retreat not too long ago just to spend time to reconnect uh, with God. And we went down to a house which was um, on the river in the canyon and uh, just spent some time looking at the magnificence of the canyon and the ducks swimming on the river and the sounds of the springs rushing out of the canyon and just taking it in gave me this sense of awe and wonder of God's glory. As it says in Romans, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. You can see God's glory in creation and God's glory is the only thing that lasts. God's glory can be seen in his mighty acts, the stories of God's power in the Bible. Like when God freed the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and after parting the Red Sea, uh, the Egyptian army that was pursuing them is destroyed by the, the Red Sea. And after all of that, the Israelites saying, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted, both the horse and the driver he has hurled into the sea. Or after the prophet Elijah had his contest with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and fire came from heaven and burned up Elijah's offering and the people exclaimed, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Or after Solomon completed the temple and God's, a cloud came and filled it, representing God's glory and the people said, he is good, his love endures forever. You can see God's glory in his mighty acts. And God's glory is the only thing that lasts. In Philippians, the passage that we just heard, Paul shows a different example of God's glory. One that is unexpected. One that is not like things we think about when we think of God's glory. Yeah, God's glory is seen in the magnificence of creation, and God's glory is seen in his mighty power. But here, Paul says, God's glory is seen in humility. Humility. God's glory is seen in Jesus's humility. See, Jesus's humility, it goes completely against the things we value. It goes against human values. You see, the first thing that Jesus did is Jesus surrendered. He surrendered. Surrender is to submit to authority. Um, how popular is that, <laughs> to submit to authority? We don't believe in surrendering. Submit to authority, who wants to do that? My whole life, Heroes are the ones who've been lifted up as heroes, are the ones who fight authority. Look, we believe in no surrender, never surrender, never give up, keep fighting. Well, Jesus surrendered. As it says in verse six, 
who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus was equal with God, but didn't think it was something to use to his advantage. So he surrendered his advantage. Um, and he surrendered his equality with God to become a servant. A servant. A servant is one who performs duties for others. Well, that's not something we value either. We're all about moving up. And as we move up, then others serve us. We don't want to be servants. We want to be the ones calling the shots. That's what we value. Well, Jesus was a servant. As it says in verse 7, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus took on the role of a servant. He became a servant both of the Father and of us. And as Jesus himself said, he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And giving his life as a ransom for many was Jesus' sacrifice. Sacrifice. To give something up. And while we do understand that sacrifice is necessary, it is not something we really value or enjoy doing. We value convenience. The quick and easy the biggest bang for the buck. Well, Jesus believed in sacrifice. As it says in verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus's sacrifice was death on a cross, taking our place. You can see God's glory in creation as you gaze upon a sunset and are amazed by God's beauty. You can see God's glory in his mighty acts, either ones that you've experienced personally or the ones you read about in scripture and are amazed at God's power. But nothing, nothing captures God's glory like his sacrificial love. There is no sunset, no mountain, no river that's more inspiring than that. God's sacrificial love. Jesus' humility, surrender, servanthood, sacrifice. There's nothing more amazing than that. Nothing deserves our worship more than a God who would do that for us. God's glory is the only thing that lasts. And our salvation, our salvation is forever joined with God's glory. Jesus died so that we would be saved. If we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved, Scripture says. And when we believe Jesus' sacrifice becomes a part of our story. And our salvation becomes a part of Jesus' story. 
Because of what Jesus did for us, Paul writes, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every, name should, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God exalted Jesus so that every knee would bow and every tongue acknowledge him as Lord to the glory of God the Father. It was Jesus' humility that was for God's glory. God's glory. Again, it's the only thing that lasts. Remember, everything else fades away. And what Jesus did on the cross will never, ever, ever be forgotten. There is no generation that will not know about Jesus' death and resurrection for all eternity. There will not be one. What Jesus did on the cross will never be forgotten. It will be talked about, it will be sung about, it will be celebrated for all eternity. And Jesus will forever, I, I don't know exactly how this is all gonna work, but I just envision Jesus will forever be showing us the scars in his hands and on his side that he got on the cross. I would imagine each and every one of us will wanna see those for ourselves. The story of Jesus is an eternal story. It is the story of the glory of God. And because our salvation stories, your story and my story, and how God interacted in our lives to bring us to the point of faith, those stories are a part of Jesus's story. And our lives, our salvation, are forever a part of the glory of God. Our lives are forever a part of the glory of God. And there is nothing more meaningful. There is nothing more meaningful than being a part of God's glory. You know, just pretend, imagine, the next time you're in nature and you see a sunset or a mountain or a canyon, whatever, and you get a sense of the glory of God and just the awesomeness of it all. And imagine that you could tell that sunset or that mountain or that river. If you could communicate with it and you could say to it, hey, you know something? I experienced the glory of God through you today. What better compliment could you give than that? You know, some of us have artistic talents to craft beautiful creations, um, but many of us don't. Uh, some of us have talents to complete awe-inspiring things, um, but many of us don't. Okay? All of us have the ability to be humble like Jesus. All of us can surrender, serve, and sacrifice. Going back to verse five of the passage, it's what Paul even, it was his beginning of the passage where he says in verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. It's how the passage begins. Have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. It was Jesus' humility 
that was the greatest picture of God's glory. What if someone experienced God's glory through your humility? Our humility. What would be better than someone experiencing the glory of God through you? What would be a better use of your day? Can you name one? There isn't one. If someone were to say to you, God showed up in my life today because of you. What if someone came to faith because of you? There is nothing better. There's nothing better than God using us to show his glory to someone else. God's glory can shine through you. You are designed that way. You are designed for God's glory to shine through you. He created you in such a way to do just that. All it takes is some humility. Paul writes to the Colossians, Colossians 3, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, most of the things that we accomplish in life are here today and gone tomorrow. Now, they are still worth pursuing, but they just don't last. Paychecks get spent, we all know that, okay? Houses wear down, cars break down, trophies are forgotten, accolades fade away. But every time we humble ourselves, whatever it is we do, done in the name of Jesus, someone experiences the glory of God through us. And it doesn't get any better than that. And for whatever it's worth, I have experienced God's glory through many of you. I have shared before how many times you as a community of faith and you as individuals of faith have been an immense encouragement to me. Your faith in action, in word, you do not know what kind of encouragement it is to me. I have seen the glory of God through you. I've seen it. And the glory of God is the only thing that lasts. Our salvation is forever tied to the glory of God. This week, you are going to have opportunities to reveal God's glory to others through your surrender, through your service, through your sacrifice. Scripture alone teaches that salvation comes from Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, to the glory of God the Father alone. Please pray with me. And Lord, we do uh, just stand in awe of your son, Jesus. <clears throat> Not just because of the miracles that he did or his immense teachings, but Lord, because of his humility and his sacrifice of his great love to go to the cross on our behalf. Lord, I would ask that you would give us the same mindset, that in everything we say and do, it would be done for your glory. And Lord, give us, impress upon our hearts 
that the things done for your glory last forever. Lord, um, inspire us with that today and this week. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.